Well, hey, friend, and welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for us to slow down and remember that God is actually at work in our mess. And that is the overarching theme and the underlying story of us, of the world, of God's people. Because even despite us and our mistakes and our sin in this imperfect world, Jesus has already made a way. So no matter where you're coming from, no matter your backstory, we are genuinely glad you're here. And if you and I haven't yet had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it an honor to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a fresh perspective into your world and your speakers every other Tuesday. And today, I have an amazing co-host back with me, my sweet friend, Amy Groeschel. And just like when you meet a good friend for coffee, or you make a big dinner and have people to your house, here at The Messy Table, we intentionally try to get beyond the small talk and dive deeper into the stuff that really matters, the real, actual stories that make up our lives, and that God who loves to meet us right where we are. So you know how it goes. Often in life, you're just doing the next thing. You're making dinner, you're going to work, you're raising your kids, you're doing laundry, you're making plans and living out those plans. And you might have dreams and desires and expectations. (laughs) Maybe you've pictured how the season should look and exactly how it should play out. Maybe you've imagined it, you've envisioned it, you have a Pinterest board. But as you well know, not everything goes according to plan. And even when we think we are in control, (laughs) we're really not, but When life takes a sharp turn, God is not surprised. He isn't shocked. He's ready to help. He's already putting people in your path. He's always present. He's right there with you. And you know what? There's still beauty to be experienced every step of the way. Proverbs 16, 9 reminds us of something important. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Yes, we want to make wise choices. Yes, we want to honor Him in every decision we make. But ultimately, There are so many things that are out of our control, and we want to trust Him with those things too. And so, great news, today's guest at The Messy Table is no stranger to hard things, to life spinning out of her control. Leanna Ramoser is a wife and mom who's on staff at our Church Life Church, which this podcast just happens to be partnered with, whose own unique journey has been the catalyst to encourage others whose plans have also gotten derailed, other moms whose babies were preemies, other moms whose babies ended up in the NICU, other families whose babies are navigating infant hearing loss. Y'all, she has a powerful story that I want you to hear. And the truth is, just like all of ours, it's still being written. You know, one of the greatest gifts God has given us is to learn from each other. And so grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Leanna. Well, Leanna, we are so super grateful you're here. So welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. And I'm just so honored. I just love you so much. I love both of you. I feel like giddy kind of being here. I'm so excited. (laughs) And we all have blankets here because it's a little cold in this room. And so we are cozied up and ready for it. What the listeners might not know is that you actually designed our logo years ago. I did. I think it was maybe like almost seven years ago. Six? Seven? Something. Yes. And what you probably didn't know is that you were my first 
first client of like, I didn't know the person. Yeah. I just remember, I think maybe it was Corbin had connected us or something. I don't remember. I was like, okay, play cool. You gotta act cool. You know what you're doing. You're professional. You were great. (laughs) You were awesome. I knew that you were new at it. Yes. It was perfect. Oh yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. Leanna, we are so glad and we love you too. And it's just an honor to have you on the messy table. You've been such a behind the scenes servant. You're such a, a wealth of love and wisdom. Like we talked about earlier, I just respect who you are in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, you've served along Craig um, with social media team and for like five years, I think you said, and it's cool that Craig calls you power pack because you are small, but mighty. We're excited for the listeners to know a bit more about you and your story. Tell us a little bit about just the basics of Leanna and your family, all those highlights. Yeah, so much of who I am, I feel like, is my family. So I have a wonderful husband, Zach. He is just my best friend. I feel like we've gone through so much together and I just Mm -hmm. love him so much. We have a beautiful, sweet, almost two-year-old. We are in full toddler mode right now. I'm planning a Buzz Lightyear-themed birthday party. I saw that you had those custom Toy Story shoes made for her. Yes, I painted those for her. Oh, I thought you like had them made, but you're so creative. Thanks, yeah. I think we had saw some on Facebook Marketplace. I was like, I'm not paying for this. And I was like, I just, I'll paint them. Let's go find a pair of white tennis shoes and I'll just paint them. So yeah, that was really fun. She is so yummy. How many years have you guys been married? So, okay, this is also fun fact is that all of like the major events that happened in my life, like starting this job, getting married, graduating, all happened within a span of like two months. So all of my anniversaries, it's like almost five years. So, and this was around the time that I think you were creating the logo actually. So it was probably about five years ago Mm because I think I had a different one to start out with that wasn't yours. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed that you're actually still Leanna Smith in my phone. Isn't that funny? Oh my goodness. Change that. (laughs) So I know... I do. I need to change it. So it was before you were married. You knew me. Yes, I was Leanna Smith. And going from Smith to Ramoser, that was also a lot. But you know, wouldn't change it for the world. And then we have a sweet golden named Denver. He is just so much fun. Zach and I, like we got him off of Craigslist, I think. And this is probably the worst like decision we had made, but we had been dating for like a month or two months and we went in and bought a puppy. I don't know why we did that. So you got a puppy together while you were dating. We just did it. Didn't tell anybody. Like, I don't know. What, we didn't even live in the same city. So who had him? You or him? We just would trade off. Oh that God. is so funny. I definitely don't recommend it. It was a lot. We trade off like who's buying the food. And I don't know why we did that. But it all worked out. He's still with us. And we love him. <laughs> Goldens are the best, you guys. They are. Yes. Mutual love for the Goldens. Mm-hmm. So it has been a beautiful but wild couple years for you. So take us back when you were pregnant with Lainey. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when you think about life, when is it not at least like a little bit messy, but nothing is ever a surprise to God. My word of the year, it's just something I've been practicing for like three or four years at this point. In 2021, it was trust. And so I, I mean, I was already pregnant and like, okay, yeah, I'm going to trust God with moving into motherhood and all these things. And I just, I'm a planner and trusting is just hard. Trusting is hard for me. And so I was reading all the pregnancy books, all the things, which meant like I I just was a little aware of like maybe some concerns to look out for. And I just began experiencing some symptoms. Like I kind of saw stars a couple of times, you know, would message my doctor. They didn't really, it wasn't too uncommon, just drink more water, you know, things like that. 
But then other stuff kept happening. Headaches that wouldn't go away, swelling like everywhere, gaining weight really quickly, like too quickly, just a bunch of all these different things. And then someone had recommended you should take your blood pressure, which it had always been fine. And Super Bowl Sunday, I just had been feeling a little bit off, took my blood pressure because I'm like eating bowl of cereal because you always eat cereal when you're pregnant. I got, at least I did. <laughs> Me too. And it was, I think, 150 over 110, something high, especially for me. And looking back, I kind of just knew definitely something's not right. I just really need to advocate for myself. I called the doctor and I just, I don't like calling the doctor. I don't want to be a problem or a burden or anything. Sounds silly. I totally get that. Yeah. And so I, I called, why don't you just come in? We'll just, you know, like check, just make sure. Mm-hmm. And how many weeks are you at this point? I think I just turned 31 weeks. Okay. okay. I'm not thinking, you know, anything crazy is going on. I just, I don't know, a routine checkup. I remember we're leaving. I remember looking at Denver actually and thinking like, I sort of feel like the next time I see you, we'll have Lainey, which is such a strange thing to think. I'm, yeah, you weren't close yet. Yeah. And so we get there and they're doing all the things. They take my blood pressure and it's like a well-seasoned nurse. I can tell she's so great at her job. She looks at me. She's like, your arm's kind of small. So I'm going to go get a different, you know, blood pressure cuff and just make sure that we're reading this right. She gets the blood pressure cuff, takes it again. And I think it was like 190 over Oh goodness, something pretty crazy. And I think they had already had me do all the other testing or whatever. And she just looked at me and she said, you are not leaving until you have your daughter. Oh God. Yeah. Nine weeks out. That's pretty shocking. Yeah. And so I was like, wait a second, I have work. Like, (laughs) you know, like I can't just like... um, You have a baby today. Yeah. And I'm like, when? Looking back, everything was really blurry. It's so interesting, but I think also so beautiful because when we go through some of the hardest moments in our life... And it's blurry. It's actually our body's way of trying to protect us Mm -hmm. because we can't make sense. God designed our bodies and our brains to work this way to protect us. So that's why we don't remember all the things because I was in fight or flight. I was just trying to survive. Was Zach right there with you? Oh, yes. Oh, I'm glad he came to that appointment. Yeah. And this was still pretty early, like in 2021. So the height of the pandemic, like I had done everything, all the appointments by myself, like everything was by myself. So yes, it was nice to have him there for Mm -hmm. sure. And so did they tell you what it was? No, but I knew what it was because I'd read all the books. So I was like, I have preeclampsia. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. Like that's what all, all my symptoms are. So I think I asked the nurse, do I have preeclampsia? <laughs> yes, you have severe preeclampsia. And so they had immediately put me on this medicine. It's called magnesium. If you've been on it, you know how just hard and horrible it can be and how it makes you feel, but it makes you feel, your body feels really heavy and it's to treat the high blood pressure. Now, is this different than like a magnesium supplement or something or is it the same? It might just be a higher dose because it, it's kind of calming, you know, mm-hmm. so it could just be a higher dose. It makes you, you can't think very well. Mm-hmm. You can't form complete sentences. And also having preeclampsia, I'm, my vision is starting. Everything's blurry. I'm seeing spots. You kind of feel like you're in a twilight zone or in a dream or something. So it's really hard for me to distinguish what was reality. Yeah. And also the fact that I was about to have a baby. 
this is not how I thought it was going to go. So I was admitted. I'm sick. And Zach is just, yes, right by my side, like taking care of me. I'm sitting at home. I'm like, I need this from the house. I need my blanket. I need my house shoes or whatever. And so I'm guessing you weren't packed at that point. Oh, no. Was the nursery finished? Pretty much as much as it could be, you know? Well, that's good. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm such a planner. I'm just <laughs> so, so excited. Yeah. But definitely not packed, not prepared. I don't think we had our crib mattress or our, like a rocking chair or a bassinet or anything. I I had told one of my really good friends, Kelsey, it's like, we're supposed to have this delivered. And she's like, I got it. I've got Denver. She was like a godsend for me during that time. And she just was right there by my side. Such an amazing friend. And so she did all that stuff for us, setting up what else needed to be done at home. And I am just laying in the hospital bed. I can't move. I like had a catheter. I couldn't walk. What was going through your mind at that point? Like, were you scared or were you excited to meet her or did you have lots of questions? Yeah. So my word for the year was trust. So that's kind of just what I decided I was going to do was just trust that God knows what he's doing. Trust Zach to do what I need him to help me with. Trust the doctors, the medical professionals, because they know more than what I know. So I'm just sitting there. and But I'm also not thinking clearly because I'm on such like so many medications and I'm really foggy and kind of not incoherent, but I want to like definitely delirious. Mm -hmm. Like I remember laughing a lot and it was like not a appropriate to laugh. Yeah. yeah, like a little delirious. And I just remember waking up one morning and I had already been there for probably about four or five days. And they said, we're going to try to get you to 34 weeks. And or maybe I just turned 32 weeks whenever I had went into the hospital. But regardless, they were trying to get me to 34 weeks. And I was like, okay, so in my head, I'm like, that, I can plan for that. I can plan for 34 weeks, which is this day. Okay. And a doctor wakes me up, not on that day. <laughs> And she says, there's been some dips with you and with baby and we need to prep for delivery. Cesarean? Or yeah. I mean, I wanted to try to deliver vaginally. I was scared. <laughs> She's projected to be four pounds, you know. Can you just induce me? Yeah. Can't do, like, what does that look like? And so we started the induction process and I had her within 24 hours, which it felt like it went pretty quickly. And actually, the delivery was really smooth. Mm -hmm. So no C-section? No. Oh, good. Yeah, praise God. And my birth plan was to <laughs> go in, get an epidural and deliver vaginally. That was my birth plan. And I did that. It just didn't necessarily look the way that I had wanted. But, but you still got some of your wishes. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. Which is just, I feel like God's just so funny, <laughs> you know, in that way. But also he cares about things that I care about too. So you delivered this little four pound baby. Yeah. So I delivered. Zach said the first thing I said was, does she have 10 fingers and 10 toes? I asked that. Why? Why do we do that? I don't know. What's wrong with us? I did it too with both of my kids. And with the second, I was like, I'm not going to ask that. And then I did. I don't know. That's so interesting. I need to Google that. Why people with goldens, they just ask these. <laughs> I guess. Same personality type. Yeah. And before I had delivered, the lead NICU doctor had come to talk to me and they said like, here's some things you can expect because your baby is early. She's going to be a preemie. She's going to have to spend time in the NICU. Mm -hmm. You know, expect for her to be really small. She's not going to look like a regular, like, you know, full-term baby. And so I was kind of scared. What is she going to look like? I don't know. You know, she might need help with her breathing. And um, it's common for them to have jaundice and mm -hmm. all these different possible things. And so the NICU team was there. They were on site and they, you know, immediately did all their things, their assessments. And then they wrapped her up in a blanket, handed her to me. And I just remember looking down at her thinking, this baby is so sweet, but I just don't feel anything toward her. Mm -hmm. 
And I know, I knew she was mine. Mm -hmm. So I felt so broken in that moment because I was like, why do I not have this instant bond with my baby, you know? And so I felt horrible. And I didn't want to tell anybody that. I didn't want to tell Zach. And they're still doing postpartum care. And the NICU team has to take her. I didn't want her to be alone. So I sent Zach to go sign all the papers, do the things, make sure she gets admitted. And then all of a sudden, I was just in the room by myself. Mm -hmm. I couldn't move. I just given birth to my first baby. I didn't know anything different. But I knew that this was not what I wanted or what I thought was supposed to happen. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not what I had expected. Mm -hmm. And now what do you make of that? How do you process that moment of being surprised that you didn't feel anything? Because I don't think that's super uncommon. Yes. You never know what you're going to feel the first time you hold those babies. They just, especially first time mamas. And I wonder if it's more common with a preemie. Yes, I think it is. Something about your chemical makeup where your body's not quite ready. Yes, I am. I mean, like mentally, I'm not in my right state of mind. And, you know, you think about like skin to skin contact. We didn't get that. There was no trying to learn how to nurse for the first time. It was just her taken away. And she is just the farthest away from me that she had ever been. And I just looking back now, I have so much more grace for myself because just like with any relationship, it takes time. You know, you'll have instant clicks with some people, but just with any relationship, she's new to the world and I'm meeting her. And just like any relationship, you have to spend time together. You have to talk. It's going to take time. Mm-hmm. And so I give myself so much grace for how I felt in that moment. So she was in the NICU and Zach had come down. He was showing me pictures. I'm like, oh, she's so cute. They had a cute little hat with like a bow on it that they put on her. She needed a little help with her oxygen and she weighed three pounds, four ounces. So she was smaller than the four four Mm -hmm. pounds that I thought she would be. And I had to wait 24 hours before I could go see her so I could get off the the medicine. And I go up there to see her. I'm nervous. I'm also scared because she's so tiny. I'm scared I'm going to hurt her Mm. if I touch her, you know. And she's in a little, they call it an isolate and it just protects them, you know, from the outside world, keeps them warm. And I am like, like, she's mine. She's mine. Mm-hmm. It took so long. It, it felt like for that to sink in. But like any relationship, I just decided, okay, I'm just going to talk to her. What do I talk to her about? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I will talk to her about her nursery at home, you know? And so I just would talk to her about anything and everything that I could think of. And it just took that continuously over and over. And then I was like, okay, we talked about this yesterday. Lainey, what do you want to talk about today? No, so sweet. Yeah. So sweet new mama. I know she loved your voice. Yeah. So because she was so small, she had to be transferred to get what they, they call it retinopathy of prematurity, which is just it's an eye disease that can occur in some premature babies. And so she was transferred to do that. And we found out she actually had stage one of ROP. And I'm like, OK, well, which could mean what it could mean different things. But essentially the worst, which my mind goes to the worst, she could go blind if it's not treated. That's what this paper says that they gave us. And so I'm like, okay, what does this mean? We have to do follow-up appointments. You know, once she's discharged, like, okay, we can do that. Put that on my to-do list, my mom to-do list. Got it. So I was discharged. I think I was at the hospital for about nine days and I was discharged. And then she was about to get discharged from the NICU around three weeks, I believe. I think it was about almost three weeks. To a regular room or to go home? To go home, which okay. was so much quicker than we thought. They had told us she probably wouldn't go home until she reached her 
planned birthday, her due date. So we're trying to figure everything out. And we go up there and we see a couple of doctors in there and they're, they've got these cute little things on her head. I'm like, I don't know, just another NICU preemie test or something. And it's the hearing test. Mm-hmm. And they said she failed it. And so I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And they said, well, she could have fluid in her ears. I don't even know what that means. You're telling me what? You need to come back for more follow-up appointments. I'm like, okay, another follow-up appointment. Check. Got that on my my mom to-do list. She's discharged like 10 p.m. And I'm freaking out because I don't know what her heart rate is. Like, I don't know what her pulse ox is. Mm-hmm. Like that I've known for three weeks. The only version of her mm-hmm. on this side of my stomach that I've known. Yeah. It's all different and yeah. it's new. And it just was scary. And it's at night, which I just didn't love. And so did not sleep like one. But I mean, oh, what I new mom does. But it just slept the entire night with my hand on her back. Like just basically draped in her bassinet with her. <laughs> <laughs> with the light on. Um, and then yes. pretty soon we went to her follow-up appointments. And so the first one was for ROP. And I had to go alone because COVID restrictions. And the doctor was so sweet and she was also pregnant. She was like, this can be really hard, but we have to do a really invasive procedure. It's so invasive that we actually have ask a lot of the parents to step out of the room because it's just really hard to see. And I just don't know anything. And I'm just kind of going through the motions. And so I say, okay, so they take her and I'm standing outside the room and I just hear her scream at the top of her lungs. I'm just weeping outside because I just feel so bad for this baby that I'm still trying to connect with that I know she's hurting and she's scared and I feel like I did this in the moment I was feeling like why couldn't I have just my body just figured itself out and just gone full term I just was frustrated and mad at my body and I just had a really hard time trusting what really my body was designed to do, which was fight to live. And that's what it was doing. That's why it was giving me those signals and those signs. And preeclampsia just happens. Living in a fallen world means that it's not going to be perfect. You know, in the moment, it's in my mess. I couldn't, that's not what I'm thinking about. I'm just thinking about, oh, all of my failures and all of what I could have done differently. Could I have eaten better? I should have taken more vitamins or not, whatever it was, you know. I hate that because I'm thinking, gosh, like you're this brand new mom. You had to spend 24 hours by yourself at first. Your baby's in the NICU. And then how long was she there? Did you say? Yeah, about three weeks. About three weeks. And so you're in this new world. There's all this stuff with the eyes, with the ears. And then on top of that, feeling so much shame, shame and guilt on top of yourself, which is so, I mean, I could of yeah. course tell you the reasons why that's false and inaccurate, but I know at the moment that felt so real. And so I just want to like hug new mom, Leanna, you know? Yeah. Yes. I mean, Me too. But I'm also so proud of myself because before I was discharged from the hospital, a new nurse came in and she said, you know, how are you doing? My name is so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. I said, I am not okay. I need help. I was embarrassed, but I told her everything that I was feeling. I just like poured out my heart for her. She said, let me go talk to the doctor and let's see what we can do. And so from there, we decided going on a medication might be the best bet for me. Not that I think that that's going to be the answer for everyone, but for me, that's what I needed. So we had the ROP invasive exams that I hated. And then we had the hearing test, which I also had to go to alone. And, you know, Zach, my husband, he also has hearing loss. And I don't know why, but I just did not think of anything at all. I don't even think Mm. when we went to go do the hearing test that I was thinking of Zach at all. How intense is his hearing loss? So he has a severe, he's considered legally deaf. Really? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. But they didn't have newborn hearing 
screens back when we were born. He didn't get his hearing aids until I think he was in first grade. That time is so crucial for a child's language and development and understanding mm-hmm. the world around them, right. learning to speak, learning to, you know, listen. Did you know when you first met him, would you even be able to tell that he had trouble hearing? No, he reads lips so well. And he wears hearing aids so he can hear. He just can't hear the same way that hearing people can. Okay. No, I didn't know. But if he doesn't have his hearing aids in, there's a significant... You can tell. Okay. So is this genetic then? Yeah, we actually don't know. Because what is so interesting is that only 10% of children born with hearing loss are born to a parent that also has hearing loss. So it's rare. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare. It could be genetics. No one else in Zach's family has hearing loss, mm-hmm. you know, aside from maybe old age. And it could have been damage during delivery. It could have been the fact that she had to be on antibiotics or oxygen. There's so many different... Just know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just don't know. And I don't know if we ever will. So whenever they did the test and they told us that she would need hearing aids, I told Zach and he thought it was a joke. Mm. And then that's when I realized, okay, wow, this has got to be a lot for him too. And so I got home and I just hugged him and we both cried and we said, okay, we're just going to trust because we've got two options. We can trust or we cannot trust. And as a family, we're going to decide to trust God because we know he doesn't make mistakes. And also how beautiful for a sweet baby girl to be able to connect with her dad in a way that mom cannot. He definitely understands. So sweet. What a journey. So as a family, we decided we're going to trust him. So we just kept going through the motions. I mean, we I have my mom checklist of things to do and I'm still, you know, kind of struggling with, I don't want to say mental health, but just life. It's a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. You went from, I'm pregnant, I'm having this precious baby girl, I got the nursery ready. And I'm sure we all, right, do this where we have these expectations in our head of what this is going to be like and what the experience is going to look like. And it looked very different than your plan. Yes. And I think whenever our expectations are not met, the way that we respond to that is so important because Mm -hmm. I initially took on a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. And I felt like it was my fault and I did this and I'm broken. And those were kind of the things that while I was in the hospital that I felt like I was telling to myself, which I know are lies. Mm -hmm. So when I got home, I wrote down on a piece of paper, you know, okay, what is true? I know that my family loves me and they need me. Mm. You know, my body is not broken because I know that I was created in the image of God. Mm. And my body is good. I don't have to be mad at my body. My body, I mean, at the very beginning when God made his creation and he looked at all of it, he said, this is good. And that includes me Mm. and my body, you know? Pastor Craig says this all the time, but it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It's a sign of wisdom. Yes. It's a sign of strength. And I just reminded myself. So if I was having a bad day, I told Zach, hey, I need a little extra grace today. Or I just, you know, this is what I'm feeling. And I think too, our enemy can try to keep us isolated because if we're isolated, we think that we're the only ones going through what we're going through. And verbally saying it out loud, this is me claiming, this is what my spiritual enemy is telling me, but this is what I'm declaring this is true. Yes. Yes. And I love that you would catch yourself in the lie. Okay, I know this is the narrative I'm telling myself and it's not true. And so what do I do with that? I mean, that is maturity. That is wisdom. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's a daily thing. It's an hourly, like sometimes minute by minute. It just, it's so crucial though, because what you tell yourself matters. 
And I think I just felt so overwhelmed with like, this is my story. And it just felt almost like it was just who I was. I was the mom that had preeclampsia, whose baby was in the NICU, who now has hearing glass and has the stage one of ROP. It just felt too much. And I don't know where I heard this, but it stuck out to me so much that my story and your story is not what you went through. It's your journey because your story starts with Jesus. It is Jesus and it ends with Jesus. And I love, like Jen said, you caught yourself and you gave yourself truth. And really that goes back to your word trust. You told yourself what was true because you knew the truth and you were trusting the truth of what God said. I'm glad you didn't get stuck in that guilt and shame. You got free from it, mm-hmm. evidently. I mean, obviously because of the truth mm-hmm. and because you chose to trust. Yeah. I mean, and it was hard, you know, letting people in. Like that was really hard for me, especially because I want to be strong and definitely just like typical perfectionist, I feel like, you know. The mom to-do checklist Yes, is a big pointer there for perfectionism. Yeah, it was hard because I knew that fighting, like fighting that was going to be important. And for me, it was I'm breaking a generational curse of just not following through with what God's best is for me and going against that and allowing that, that's letting our spiritual enemy win. And I'm not about that. Mm -hmm. That's right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you a little bit older when you became a believer? Yeah. So I did not grow up in church by any means. I thought that I was a Christian. I believed in God, but was not following God. Mm-hmm. So it was not until I was in college where I was like, oh, there's a difference between just believing in a God and following Jesus Christ. Reminds me of like that verse that says even the demons believe and shudder. Yes. So you're right. There's a huge difference. And the reason that I bring that up is because it's really neat to see the Holy Spirit at work inside of your life. Like yes. that's totally the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's not just you. We don't do that on our own. And so to see him say, no, this is a lie. Take this thought captive and here's the truth. How cool. Yes. I want to hear more about your sweet daughter and this hearing loss journey. So what happened after that? Where are you at now? Man, it is a journey. With her hearing loss, well, one, we got connected with a local nonprofit, Hearts for Hearing, and they are amazing. They help us with all of her audiology care and speech therapy. And so we met with them, you know, when she was first born, like she was growing so fast. So she has hearing aids. And so her hearing aid molds, which fits into her ear, it, she outgrows them. She was outgrowing them. Oh, yeah. How many sets are you on? You know, that's a great question because we were going to Hearts for Hearing every week for speech therapy. Mm-hmm. And then new molds. And we're probably at like 50 sets, wow. 60 sets. Yeah. And two years. Yes. Yeah. So it's a lot. It just, it's scheduling. It's a lot of mental margin too. I mean, outside of just like actual time, you know, but it just is also so worth it. And now, whereas when she was younger, she would just rip her hearing aids out and she just did not want to wear them. And, and that was so hard. That was such a battle. But now in the morning and I turn the light on in her room, she points to her hearing aid charger Uh and she wants to wear that. Because she probably knows Mm -hmm. too that it makes a difference. So how severe or mild is her hearing loss? And is it like your husband's? Yeah. So it's the same type of hearing loss, which is called sensory neural, which is in the deeper part of your ear. It's not necessarily in the outer part. So it's the same in that way, but she has more moderate hearing loss. 
So that means that she can hear that there is a noise. Mm -hmm. Now, she might not always be able to hear the same pitch or frequency or the same volume. Yes. And her hearing glass also dips below. They call it the speech banana on the little audiogram, but it's essentially where all the speech patterns and sounds live. And so that, I mean, she's so young. She needs to be able to hear those things. And is she talking now? Kind of. She primarily communicates through sign language right now. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So because we just decided like we will never know the full extent of what she can and can't hear until she's able to tell us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we decided as a family. And I think that part is so important, too, because it can't just be me making all the decisions. It's Zach and I both. OK, what's best for her? What's best for us? What do we believe? How are we going to approach this? You know, we have that unity and that gives us, I think, so much strength, too, when it is hard. And so she, we decided that we're going to try to learn sign language as much as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, um, him being a hard of hearing individual, not knowing sign language, actually. Mm-hmm. And me being a hearing individual, learning sign language. It's a lot. That's amazing. You guys are amazing. Way to go, parents. Thanks. I thanks. mean, that's a huge deal to take that on. You've taken a lot on. And speaking of Zach, like how much of his knowledge and experience has he been able to bring to the decisions and things like that? Yeah, I mean, he is so patient. He's just such a great advocate for her Mm -hmm. with me even, you know. Oh, she's not ignoring you. She just can't hear you. You're not looking at her. You're talking to her, Lena. She's just, she doesn't know that you're trying to talk to her. And so just things that I would not Mm -hmm. think about where I'm like, I'm in the same room as her. Why is she not looking at me? I could just picture her as a teenager being like, Mm -hmm. I just can't hear you. (laughs) Yes. And you know what is so funny is that at the end of the day, when she's done and she's tired, she just takes those hand gates out. Like, I don't want to listen to you anymore. Yeah. That's her just saying, I'm done, mom. I'm done listening. How cute. How much do they help? Does she hear like we do? Yeah. So she, I mean, with hearing aids, it will never be full hearing. Okay. But it's amazing what modern technology is able to do for her. So, you know, she, she might have a little bit of a harder time understanding the difference between if you say a CH versus an SH. Mm-hmm. Or if you're talking to her in the room, she might not know necessarily where you are at in the room if she can't see you, you know. So, but it's amazing. And I just, I'm so grateful for modern technology. It's fascinating how just to think about technology and how that's not separate from God because all knowledge is God's knowledge. And so I just think it's neat to think about God's provision through that and thinking like if she were to be born a thousand years ago, 500 years ago, 200 years ago, she would have a completely different experience. But God knew that she was going to be born and alive at this time in history with you as her mom and her dad as her dad. Mm -hmm. And just to see the way that God has provided for her through so many things that he's created is, is really neat to see. I definitely agree. And it feels like I feel so honored and so humbled that God is the one that picked me to be Zach's wife Mm -hmm. and Lainey's mom, because I'm telling you right now, it's not always easy. You know, there are times where I used to fight with her to keep her hearing aids on, but it's so hard knowing the importance of that for her, you know, knowing that she needs to be able to hear what is going on in the world around her, just not wanting to listen or Mm -hmm. um, put the hearing aids in. Okay, so obviously you're not the same as you were pre-baby, pre-Laney, pre-all of this. Like I think God's constantly refining us and teaching us. So how are you different now and how's your perspective different? 
I like that you say constantly because this is a constant thing. Taking your thoughts captive is so crucial for me. And so anytime I start to feel, I don't want to say woe is me, but kind of woe is me or just, you know, okay, what story am I telling myself? Because that matters so much. And like I said, like my story is not what I went through. That's my journey because my story is Jesus. He is first. He's everything. Yes. And I can choose to trust him or I can choose not to trust him. And that is actually, that's a responsibility. And that's on me to say, yes, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with this burden that I'm holding. I am going to lay this at your feet because this is too heavy for me. I think he wants to. And the way that God designed us, he designed us to have desires and dreams and goals and all these things. And I don't think that me envisioning what birth would be like for us and being upset when it didn't go that way. I don't think that that is wrong. But if I am just letting myself sit in my upset and going against against what is God's best for me, then I am, mm-hmm. you know, then I am doing something wrong. At some point you have to say, well, that's not what happened. And this is reality. This is where I am. Yes. And just like giving yourself permission to be upset, giving yourself permission to grieve can also take away a lot of that shame and guilt because then I was grieving that I was grieving. <laughs> you know, you know yeah. I don't want to be grieving. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I think the story that I just, I try to tell myself is, you know, what is the truth? Yeah. What truth am I going to trust? And what story do I want to tell myself and writing those um, little affirmations on that piece of paper, taping them up on my mirror. And every time I'm brushing my teeth, I am just, you know, this is what I know is true. And it's every morning, like putting on the armor of God, like belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, like helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, sort like everything because it all matters. And the truth is we are that we're in a spiritual battle constantly, which means we constantly have to be ready. That's one thing I think that's really powerful about you in this story is that it's not like, oh, this happened 20 years ago and now I'm through it and it's great. It's like you're living this out every day, day by day, just as we all are, right? Like we all have stuff that we're facing right now and we're having to choose, am I going to trust God or am I going to just, you know, wallow in the pain of it all? Yeah. And what you decide is up to you. And it might be kind of easy to sit. It kind of actually is, I feel like, easier to sit in the, you know, this is hard. I'm going through so much hard stuff. Like it just, it's easy to sit in that Mm -hmm. and it's much harder to do the hard right of the hard work. What would you say to the listeners that are hoping to have a baby someday or are pregnant and wanting to have the perfect delivery story? What would you say to give them some perspective? Birth is such a beautiful thing and motherhood is such a beautiful thing. So no matter how your child comes into your life, you are the one that God picked for your child, whether your child's here or on the way or, you know, will be someday. And I think that sometimes the hardest things in our life can also bring us so much joy. And it's okay for joy and grief to coexist. It doesn't have to be an and or. I feel like that's kind of the way that it is, that often they do coexist. Yeah. And I mean, just to like to reiterate the common theme, it's like you are the one that gets to decide what story you're going to tell yourself and what you choose to believe. What truth are you going to tell yourself? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I know that God is with you. I know that God is for you and he doesn't want harm for you. And he also, if for some reason you go through a hard experience as it relates to your birth in any way, like God is your healer too. And he's not just sitting with you in your pain. He wants to bring you healing to what you're physically going through, but also what you emotionally are going through. 
I'd love to hear how your relationship is with Lainey now because she just is like your little mini. She's darling. So (laughs) tell us about that. I just love this girl so much. It feels like she's just like part of my heart living in front of me, you know? And she keeps me so humble, so humble. And also, I just feel so honored that I get to be her mom. And sometimes it can hurt me looking back, thinking about the first time that I held her and what I didn't feel yet that I feel now. Mm -hmm. You know, it gives me so much hope for the mom that might not feel connected to her baby yet or just might be feeling that kind of gap a little bit. And so, like I said, I just talked to her about everything and I still do. Oh my gosh, I still do. She gets in the car. Did you have a good day or did you have a great day? Did you play with your friends? We're just talking all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's like getting good at sign language. I think she's better than I am actually. (laughs) I will teach her like I'll, you know, look up the sign or find out the sign for something, then she'll sign it later. Like, what does that mean again? Oh, yeah. Yes, that's that's so good. Yeah. You just tell her something once and she's just got it. Is it cool to see kind of her little strength coming out? Yes. Yeah. And boy, is she strong. And that's also like such a beautiful thing is because I prayed for that while I was pregnant. I prayed that she would be strong and resilient. And she is like when she was in the NICU, she was strong and resilient. And when she has had to go through all her audiology exams and all the things like she is just strong and resilient. And now she is still strong and resilient, you know, and I just who I tell her that she is, I believe she will be. And so when I continue to say, Lainey, you are so strong, you're so resilient, mm, you're so right. smart and kind and creative, she just molds into that. And it's just beautiful, beautiful. This story that is a journey has the simplicity of it is so special, because it really touches our hearts to know that whatever we're going through, it's as easy as trying trusting God with what's true. And so it means a lot to hear this today in my in my heart. So thank you. Now, we know that you're a woman of the word and of great resources. So we want to know what those resources are that have helped you in, in your journey. Yeah, yeah. So while Lainey was in the NICU and even after, I found Dear NICU Mama on social media. It's just a, a NICU mama ministry. It's exactly like it sounds. And yeah, it just helped me feel not really alone. And then I had read two books that really helped with my healing, my emotional healing. Um, Try Softer and Breaking Free free from body shame. It just brought me so much relief and breaking free like from the guilt, you know, and the shame and just knowing what God's truth is and how does that tangibly fit with what I believe about my body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's kind of hard to talk about. So um, reading those books was really helpful. And then I also got to partner with the Changed Women's Ministry and wrote a Bible plan. So for moms that, you know, maybe had a birth story that didn't go as expected, uh, we have a, a Bible plan for those moms too. So And you have really become an amazing resource for NICU Mama, sharing your story. I mean, you truly have just on Instagram, even. It's incredible to see the influence that you've been able to have to speak truth and life into those who are struggling or going through something similar, or who maybe like me don't have the same experience, but yet I can learn from you just from, you know, going through a hard thing. So it's really cool. As we wrap up, would you just share a final word of encouragement or advice, just whatever it is that you haven't said that you're like, oh, I got to be sure and share this with everyone? Yeah. So I would just say for anyone out there that might be struggling or just feels maybe a little bit broken, God is just waiting for you with open arms and you don't have to put yourself together as perfectionist. Like you do not have to put yourself together before going to God because we're weak. Like he 
strong, you know, and it's his strength in you. That is what keeps you going. You don't have to do it on your own. I love that. This has been so powerful. So thank you for sharing a piece of your story with us. We just love you. Yes. Thank you. I love you guys. All right. Well, thank you again for taking the time to join us to learn from Leanna's story. And remember, you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or Stitcher. And then when a new episode goes live, you don't have to go look it up. It'll come straight to your phone. And also, if you are not already connected with us on Instagram, it's a great way to stay in the loop, to share, to tag, connect, trade stories. You can find us at The Messy Table Podcast. And finally, as you take this story and the truths and encouragement that came with it, and as you head back into your week, don't forget that yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess. Mm -hmm.